welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I am Bob Senninger, your announcer for the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Slutton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service this morning is Mrs. Susan Senninger, the organist. Today is a virtual service. May God be with us as we worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to worship here uh, virtually, and um, we are glad that you are all here to join us this morning to gather around God's holy word, his forgiveness of sins, which he so wonderfully pronounces to us, uh, and to hear from that holy word about how much he loves us this day and each day. We will begin with the call to worship and the confession and absolution. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart, and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening hymn is The King of Love, My Shepherd Is. It's number 709 in your hymnal. We will sing verses 1 through 3. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. To sing praises to your name, O Most High. To declare your steadfast love in the morning. And your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp. To the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Glory be to God, O God, and on earth peace would Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O God, from whom all good proceeds, grant to us, your humble servants, your holy inspiration, that we may set our minds on the things that are right, and by your merciful guiding, accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7. This is also the text for the sermon this morning as well. This is a psalm of King David, and he writes, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. The gradual. Fear the Lord, you his saints. For those who fear him lack nothing. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. Our epistle reading for this morning is taken from Paul's letter the Romans, chapter 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists when, what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. 
Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For the same reason, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, or any other commandment are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin... It would be better for him to be to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man came to save the lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than ninety-nine that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Our hymn of the day is God's Own Child, I Gladly Say It, number 594. Child, I gladly say, I am the 
all pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As I mentioned a moment ago, the text for this morning's meditation is taken from the Old Testament lesson from Psalm 32, which is again a psalm from David. 12,430 miles. I'll say that again. 12,430 miles. That's how far it is from north to south, from the North Pole to the South Pole. But of course we know that the distance from east to west, from an East Pole or a West Pole, which of course there is none, that, that distance cannot be measured. It is incalculable. Thus, God's promise to his people in Psalm 103, as far as the east is from the west, an incalculable amount, an immeasurable amount, has the forgiveness of God been, I'm sorry, has, uh, so far does God remove our transgressions from us. At the beginning of every service, we do something called confession and absolution. And what confession and absolution is, is it is a chance for us as the body of Christ to confess all of our sins together, those sins that we know, those sins that we, that we don't know. And so we confess all of them to our Father in heaven, to God Almighty, 
And then, of course, I have the great privilege and opportunity to pronounce to you the forgiveness of God, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, to be very, very clear, because there, there has for a long time, not just here, but in many different places by some folks, there is some confusion on why we do that. And the question that is oftentimes asked, or at least the question that is oftentimes asked me is, well, if it is Christ's forgiveness, then why do I need the pastor to do it? Why do I need the pastor to be up there to tell me that my sins are forgiven? And the answer to that question is, actually, you don't. (laughs) You don't actually need me to do that. Because, to be completely honest, according to God's Word, according to Hebrews, this idea of that this, this truth of the priesthood of all believers, everyone, is the mouthpiece of Christ. Every Christian is the mouthpiece of Christ when it comes to announcing the forgiveness of sins. But as far as me and my vocation here, notice that I say in the stead of and by the Lord's command. God has told me, has commanded me as your pastor to announce the forgiveness of sins to you. Not that they're my forgiveness. Not that you have somehow sinned against me and that I need to to forgive you. No, this is Christ's forgiveness. It is his word. And I am just the mouthpiece of that holy word. And as it was told to me in one of my very first classes in seminary, the most important thing that I will ever do as a pastor is to announce the forgiveness of sins. Is to announce the forgiveness that all of us have received in Christ, that our sins have been removed from us as far as the East is from the West. And of everything that I have the great opportunity to do here, to, to, to baptize, to give the sacrament, to counsel, uh, to, to help where I am asked to help, to, to read his word and to preach and to visit the sick. The most important thing that I do at this place and the most important thing that any pastor does is to announce the forgiveness of sins to God's people. Because sin is the one thing above all else that all of our people, that you and I, are plagued by. It is there when we rise up in the morning. It is there when we lie down at night. And and it is there everywhere in between each day and every day. The Apostle Paul talked about that in the letter to the Ephesians, that the temptations will be there each day. And in Psalm 32... David writes about four really awful effects that sin has upon God's people. And so we're going to look at those. In in verse 3, we see the first one. David writes regarding his own sin. For when I kept silent about my sin, when I didn't confess it, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. You see, sin leads you and I to have a burdened conscience. It leads us to becoming weak. Not weak as in like we somehow have to be strong and mighty, but no, sin has a physical effect on us. Sin causes us to lose sleep. And until that sin is reconciled and absolved, whether it is between two brothers in Christ, whether it is between two sisters in Christ, whether it is between a sister and a brother in Christ, no matter what that is, until that sin is reconciled and absolved and the words, I forgive you in Christ's name, have been spoken to the person who has sinned, the conscience, our consciences are very, very heavy. We can become physically weak and certainly we can lose sleep and not find any rest because of it. In verse 4, we see the next effect of sin. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. You see, we, 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 we tend to get this 
this idea, and it only comes from Satan, the prince of lies himself, we get this idea that God is just waiting to pull the rug out from underneath us at any moment and at any time. Our life could be going really, really well at one moment, and then some of us will think, yeah, but you know what? Something bad is about to happen, and so God is going to pull the rug out from underneath me, and then it's all going to go back to being bad again as it was before. But that's not how God works. We know that the temptation to sin comes from one place. It comes from Satan. Because God does not want us to fall into sin. Now that doesn't mean that we aren't going to experience difficult times. We all know this. We have all talked about this in this space and in many different spaces before. But the, but the temptation to sin only comes from Satan. Because he wants you and I to fall down and to be separated from God in the same way that he is. But God is not out to pull the rug out from underneath us. No. God is there to protect us and to lead us through whatever difficult time that we happen to be experiencing. The next one comes in in verse 7. You are a hiding place for me, David writes. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. No matter which way that you slice it, sin causes trouble. Hurtful words, unkind actions, not being loving towards our neighbor, thinking thoughts that we shouldn't, Go ahead and go through all of the Ten Commandments. When any one of those are broken, it just causes trouble. It causes trouble for the person that has committed it, and oftentimes it causes trouble for the people that are are either related to or, or are in that same situation with that person. It Sin just causes trouble. Sometimes the trouble can be small. Sometimes the trouble can be large. But no matter how you slice it, sin causes trouble. The next verse, in verse 10, many are the sorrows of the wicked. Sin also causes sorrow. Whether it is a sin that we have committed that we later go back and think, man, I really shouldn't have said that, or man, I really shouldn't have acted like that, or gosh, I, I could have acted differently, or I could have said this differently. And you see, that's, that's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict us when we do wrong, so that we can come to a reconciliation, so that we can come to a place where forgiveness is spoken, which is exactly why Jesus says the words that he does in the gospel for today. If somebody goes and sins against you, go and talk about that and have that sin reconciled. Because if it's not reconciled, it's only going to cause trouble. It's only going to cause division. It's going to cause people to not get any rest from it. And it's going to cause nothing but sorrow. But in this psalm, David David gives us what our rest is and what our peace and more specifically what our deliverance is from sin. He says that when we confess our sins, that leads to the promise of forgiveness. Which is why we confess our sins in church every Sunday morning because we know we are promised that when we confess our sins... That God is faithful and he is just and he will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then this promise we see in in verses 1 through 2. David writes, blessed, blessed is the one whose transgression, whose sin is forgiven, whose sin is completely covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. 
We are blessed because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. We are blessed because Christ was blessed. We are blessed because Christ on the cross covered our sin and covered it in nothing but the blood of, and, and, and covered it in nothing but his very blood, his holy and precious blood. That holy and precious blood that as God's children we are baptized into, God's own children, God's own child, I gladly say it. I rejoice when I say it because I am baptized into Christ. We see it too in verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. If you have a particular sin that you have been kept, that, that you have kept hiding, whether it is for a short amount of time or a long amount of time, I am encouraging you I am imploring you to bring that sin out into the light. Confess that sin. You may come to me and you can confess that sin and I will pronounce God's forgiveness upon you and for you. Remember that Satan wants our sins hidden. He doesn't want us to acknowledge our sinfulness to God or before others. He wants them hidden. He doesn't want them brought out into the light because he knows that when they are, that they lose their power upon that person. I would encourage you that if you have someone that that is a Christian brother or sister, somebody that you are close to, close enough to that you can be confessors and forgivers of one another, that you would do that. Because there is no better feeling than to go to someone who can pronounce Christ's forgiveness upon you, whether it's me, whether it's a fellow brother or sister in Christ. There is no better feeling than to confess your sin and then to hear with your ears that you are forgiven in Christ. And it doesn't matter what the sin is. It doesn't matter how many times that you have committed it. Christ's blood shed for us on the cross has covered that sin. And then, of course, we see it in verse 7. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. You are a hiding place. The Lord is where we go to find shelter from the temptations of this world. The Lord is where we go to find the forgiveness of sins which free us from the bondage of sin. I've mentioned this verse before, but it bears repeating so often, so many times, Peter's words back to Christ. Lord, to whom shall we go? To what other hiding place, to use the words from Psalm 32, from what other hiding place are we to go to? What other hiding place to whom else can we go to? Because you have the words of everlasting life. And then according to verse 11, which is actually not in your bulletin, but I will read it to you. Verse 11 is the very last verse in Psalm 32, and David ties up everything with these words. He says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. The promise that comes from confessing our sins, the promise of God in Christ, that we are forgiven of our sins, it fills our hearts and our beings with joy. And it fills us with joy because we know that our sins have been forgiven. Because we know that we do not have to walk around with a guilty Conscience, when we have a great advocate, Jesus Christ, who has taken the guilt of sin upon us and who has forgiven our sins and who has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And so you see, or at least I hope that you see now, that the most important thing that I do as pastor is to pronounce the forgiveness of God's sins that are yours in Christ Jesus to you each and every Sunday. And 
Again, I encourage you that if you have a sin or sins, whatever it is, if you want to hear the words of Christ, I am happy to do that to you privately. Email me. Call me. Let's set up a time and we can do that because it is the most important thing that I do here at this place and is the most important thing that I will ever do as a pastor. Remember, too, that the most important thing that you can do for a friend, for a family member, for someone else is to announce the, is to announce the grace of God, is to announce Christ's forgiveness to them when they come to you and they confess their sins to you. And to freely forgive just as we have been freely forgiven. 12,430 miles. That distance can be measured from the North Pole to the South Pole. But the distance cannot be measured as far as our sins have been removed from us from east to west. Our sins have been removed from us an immeasurable amount. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And we will take a moment now just to remind everyone how you may uh, give your offering and your tithe, especially during these next few weeks uh, until hopefully September the 20th when we are back in uh, to the sanctuary here for in-person worship. Uh, You may bring your offering or your tithe by the church office and set it inside of the offering basket that uh, that is placed right outside there. You may also uh, mail in your offering or your tithe to the church office, or you may go to the church and the school's website, that is trinity1874.com, and click on the donate button that is in the upper right-hand corner, and simply follow the directions uh, that will lead you to be able to do that. And so we sing the offertory. for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and giving us this time that we have had to to worship you and to be served by you through your holy word. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Lord, we pray that this week that you would fill us with the joy of the forgiveness of sins that are ours that, that, that is ours in Christ Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you would, by your Holy Spirit, give us the courage and the strength to confess our sins to you. Lord, and because you promise that the forgiveness of sins belong to us. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Almighty God, with whom all things are possible, hear our prayer for those who are dealing with illness 
those who are hospitalized, those who suffer emotionally or spiritually. This morning we lift up all those who are on our health list, from Melba and for Landreth and Carol, Ethel and Joan, Steve and Becky, Bob Curdy and Bob Dotson, Gary, Emma, Wayne, Rosemary, John and Debbie, Mary and Lisa, Joe, Judy, and Louise and Dana, Flor- Florine, Sherry and Fawn, Hunter, Marilyn, Police Officer Mark Preeb, Heather Preeb, Deborah and Ross, and Jerry and Dylan and Jane, Mike, Catherine, and Lorna. And for all of those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts now. Dear Lord, you are our very present help in trouble and in time of need. We know that you are the great healer. Your grace can restore health and give strength to carry on. Remove the worries and anxious fears that would seek to crush us during this time of need and comfort all who suffer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve us in the armed forces. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel as they answer the call for help. Father, we pray that you will watch over them, protect them against all harm. It is at these times that we remember to give you thanks for those who serve to protect us, strengthen and encourage them so that they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we come to you for healing and encouragement during these ongoing days of uncertainty. Be with, us as we continue to, be with us as we continue to deal with this national health illness, the unrest and the destruction that plagues so many parts of this great nation. Protect all of the health care workers who tend to the sick. Be with those who are dealing with unemployment and under, and be with those who are dealing with unemployment and underemployment. Guard and protect the police officers and the emergency personnel who serve and protect. Give us, a fuller, give us a fuller measure of faith in the promises of your word. Grant that we may live trustingly one day at a time, knowing that you will not fail us and that you are in control of all things. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. And finally, Lord, we offer up a special prayer for this congregation that is yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Help each of us to find the time to be in your word, spend time in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally nurture the love we have for you and one another. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. is the kingdom. Blessed be the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. 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 We sing the closing hymn, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is, number 709, the last three verses four through six.
just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, I want to thank those who are here in the sanctuary today to assist us with being able to uh, broadcast the service this morning uh, for Kurt on the technology things, for Bob and for Shauna in singing, and for Susan in her playing. We thank you very, very much for your service this morning. Uh, and so the, just a few announcements here. The church office will be closed tomorrow for Labor Day. And also, the church office will be locked during the day, uh, but will be available by phone and email. This will remain in effect until September the 20th for the safety of the office staff during this time in which we are um, uh, uh, not doing in-person worship. Confirmation classes will, be start, will start meeting on September the 20th. They were going to start next Sunday, uh, but we are pushing that back until September the 20th at 8.45 in the chap- in the Chapel. This class is for kids who are in 7th and 8th grade who are not attending Trinity Lutheran School. Uh, the church directory is now online, and once you create a login, you can edit your personal information and upload a picture at any time. If you have any questions, please call the church office or Diana Connolly. Uh, those are all the announcements that I have. I pray that each and every one of you would have a very, very blessed week, and thank you for joining us here in worship this morning.